and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the before review podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a thing, and as it's February, and I've been told I've been a tad sexist over the past couple of months, and all but a woman hater, I'm doing fierce females in February. See that ten times bloody fast. Movies with strong female leads slash leads. This includes one of one, a Tomb Raider, and tonight I'm covering Charlie's Angels. No, not the one that came out last year, but the one from 20 years ago. The Drew Barrymore produced a movie, or rather movies, because she'd done two of them. I think she'd done two of them. And moving on. Possible the new one also. Hmm. It's not one yet, so pass. Anyway. Uh, the Drew Barrymore produced movies are my favourite B-movies of all time, one of my enemy of all time. I've always said if a movie knows it's bad and runs with it, it will get a lot of love from me. And these are without doubt bad movies, but they simply do not give a shit and run with it. And for that, it will get praise. All I can say is, question. Uh, I hated that song in the 90s. <laughs> Uh, do you like B-movies? Bad wirework, explosions galore, and awful dialogue? Yes, well, I've got the bloody movie for you. Charlie's Angels 2000. So, answer that speakerphone, strike that pose, and get ready for a kick-ass time. With its $93 million budget, this thing pulled in $264 million. Starring Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Bill Murray, Sam Rockwell, Kelly Lynch, Tim Curry and Crispin Glover. Directed by Mick G. The plot. Three female PIs are hired to stop multi-million dollar espionage. After a business tycoon tries to steal the voice identification software from a rival company. However, is all what it seems? Can these three highly trained women stop the theft? Just what does a soft-spoken millionaire have to hide? And can Bosley get free to answer that call? I'll find out here. And before I dive deep into this, I want to say, even though this is a McG movie with terrible dialogue and explosions galore, uh, and this had 18 writers, I mean, for crying out loud, the Hollywood casting machine was trying to cast everyone, and I mean everyone, from Angela Jolie, Tandy Newton, Jada Pinkett Smith, Julia Roberts, Jenny McCarthy, Milena Jovovich, Elisa Milano as the girls. I'm glad it actually boiled down to Drew, Cameron and Lucy, because it, they just work together fine. So on to the movie itself. So the movie opens up on terrible zooming CGI onto a CGI bloody well plane. Honestly, God, it's cheap. Once aside, we see LL Cool J being harassed by a bitchy flight steward, or attendant, or a hell of a PC word is nowadays, until he pulls out his first class ticket. Ah, casual racism. Keep it classy, McGee. Mm, keep it classy. Once in his seat, he leans over to complain to the man next to him, Pascal, played by Sean Whelan. That in in-flight movie is yet another TV show turned movie, that being the fake TG Hooker movie, although I'm surprised Hollywood hasn't made that one yet, so, I mean, we already had bloody Charles Angels, 18, um, Dukes of Hazards, Starsky and Hutch for crying out loud, so why not fucking TG Hooker, bloody Baywatch also for crying out loud, I mean, jeez, <coughs> moving on, Pascal shows Mr. Jones, LL Cool J, uh, he's strapped to a bomb, so LL pulls out to the exit and freak falls, no doubt causing that bloody plane to crash, because you can't just fucking pull the 
door off a plane and 50,000 feet up and hope to God the plane doesn't oil crash. I mean, fucking decompression. Hello. And anyway, moving on. Anyway, he falls, free falls straight into the waiting arms of Alex, played by Lucy Liu of the Kill Bill movies, Alamut Beale, and Elementary. She jumps out of a waiting helicopter to free fall to disarm the bomb, which she fails to do so as the bomb explodes. I mean, there's a whole running gag, she's a bomb expert, but the bomb explodes, I mean, what the f- moving on. They then land on a waiting speedboat, piloted by Natalie, played by Cameron Diaz, of the Shrek movies The Mask and Something About Mary. Once landing, LL pulls up. Uh, pulls off, rather, his face to reveal Dylan, played by Drew Barrymore of E.T., Marine Kissed and Donnie Darko. Check my archives. I mean, take that Mission Impossible in your face, Tom Cruise, literally. Normally, I'd be done. This is goddamn ridiculous. However, this does it with such charm and such flair, I'm running with it. And cue a voiceover by Charlie, voiced by original Charlie, John Forsyth, as he explains who these angels are. Natalie is a geek. Alex is a rich snob that is good at absolutely everything. And Dylan is your atypical rebel. Cute <clears throat> snapshots of the ventures such as Alex winning a fencing match complete with a victory hair flip because of course it has a victory hair flip. The whole fucking movie is a hair flip. The girls all chain gang together, fighting about which way to run after escaping from prison, I'm guessing, and I'm guessing that's a nod to Angels and Chains, an old 70s episode, I'm guessing. And finally, but of course, run away from explosion because McGee! This movie is lucky I like it or I'd be ripping this thing to fucking shreds. Cut to a Dylan being woken up by her boyfriend, Tom Green, remember him? <laughs> As he sings Angel of the Morning to her, and thankfully her Teeny tiny little Nokia 8210. Remember them? The new wee things that could get lost. I mean, the buttons were too fucking small. Nobody knew the bloody things. So we didn't get to see him, little Chad. As it rings and hits Charlie, or is it Bosley calls him? I have no idea. Oh, and Angel of the Morning is the first of every single fucking song that has Angel in the title. Because that is subtle, McGee. Real fucking subtle. Next for the call is Natalie. Who is waking for her dream? She's a great dancer and not a geek. And this was McGee's nod to Studio 54, as this thing is just OTT camp galore. I mean, crying out loud. Once awake, she continues to dance badly around her bedroom until a UPS man rings her bell and she answers it saying, quote, I gave up the stock uh, restraining order so you can stick your package in my slot anytime. Subtle McGee, real subtle. Final to get the call is Alex, who is running lines with her boyfriend, Jason, played by Matt LeBlanc, of Friends fame. The running gag here is she can't cook for shit. However, this goes absolutely nowhere, and she's a cheap joke. And also note, these girls weren't paid equally. Cameron Diaz was paid $12 million, Drew got paid 9 although she made bank by pulling in well over $130 million from these both movies, whereas Lucy Liu got a mere $1 million. Anyway, Alex answers the call, the girls then meet up, and they take the piss out of Alex's homemade brand muffins, which are rock hard and lethal weapons. At the Townshead home, aka the Angels HQ, that is, Talk amongst themselves about how hard it is to keep a double identity while making uh, fun of Alex 
and throwing around her bloody, uh, what's called thing, muffins. I mean, for crying out, just, just drag, get on with it. I think even goes through, as far as to throw a muffin and it sticks in the door because hilarity. Mm, moving on. In walks Bosley, played by Bill Murray of the Ghostbusters movie, Trip Marquez, Scrooge, Jay Marquez again, and Lost in Translation. I mean, he's your typical bloody Bill Murray smarm and charm. I just don't like this guy at all. Mm. God knows why he gets bloody so much work. To answer the call from Charlie on that 70s speakerphone. And note that's supposed to be the actual speakerphone from the bloody TV show. Also note Bill Murray did not like Lucy Lowe, calling her a bad actress and unneeded as, quote, Drew brings the kick-assness, Cameron brings a beauty, but you bring nothing. Ouch! No wonder she kicked his fucking ass on set and the two of them were not in talking terms. Anyway, during the call, they're giving the task of taking down Roger Corbin, played by Tim Curry of Rocky Horror Picture Show, I check my archives. It and Scary Movie 2, again, I check my archives. As he's trying to steal Eric Knox's, played by Sam Rockwell of Iron Man 2, archives, Portuguese Remake, and Moon. He has this voice identification program software thing. Anyway, they're tasked to see if he did indeed steal the stuff and they have to get it back. Also, they're now tasked to get Knox back as he was kidnapped. Very suspiciously. The angels rightfully guess it's his business partner, Vivian Wood, played by Kelly Lynch of a Roadhouse Cocktail and Mr. Mercedes, is the one that did it. Until she walks in to say she's the one that hired him and she continues to point the finger at Corwin. Cut to Alex giving Corwin a massage with her feet. With one kick, she knocks him out. As the other two angels sneak around the male locker room to steal Corwin's key. Well, take a print of it anyway from a putty type thing. And mess around with his palm pile, which was an electronic notebook that never actually took off. So there we have it. Outside, a burger joint and Q, Independent Woman by Destiny's Child, the bane of 2000, I swear to God, it was in every bloody bar and club and pub and everywhere you went in bloody 2000, it was a, it was a question, da, 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 da. I hated that bloody Will song, it was fucking everywhere, that's why I can't stand Beyonce, yes, a gay guy doesn't like Beyonce, my lord, the world's gonna end, <sighs> anyway, the girls come up for a plan to find Knox and cut to Corbin's Red Star Building, and a Japanese theme party with all the girls in disguise, also Bosley for reasons. Did Bosley ever help the girls in the TV show? I have no idea, I never watched a TV show, so... And here the girls give him a mini radio mic, which fits onto his back teeth, important for later. So in they go, Bosley schmoozes with Corwin, as Alex and Dylan blend in, as Natalie pretends she's a waitress. Suddenly, she catches the eye of a barman, Pete, played by Luke Wilson. And boom! All of a sudden, she's no longer a super smooth super spy who can kick ass at a drop of a hat, but she's now a shy geek again. Smooth, McGee, real smooth! So Alex and Dylan tell her to flirt with the hunky bartender. As Bosley takes on Corbin in an inflatable sumo suit for reasons. Were these things popular in 2000? Yeah. Finally, Alex claps eyes on the reason why they're at the party. The Thin Man, played by Crispin Glover. Of Back to the Future, Friday the 13th, Part 4, and Willard. And note, Glover refused to speak any of the lines given to him. 
because they were terrible, so he played it as silence, and Drew Barrymore agreed to add more menace to his character. The girls give a chase, and cue the strip-changing scene spoofed in Scary Movie 2. As the girls quit change, they give chase to a fight scene in an alleyway, scored by Smack My Bitch Up by The Prodigy. Here is where the fun begins with this ridiculous wire foo, as the girls are flying here, there and everywhere, punching and kicking the chain-smoking Thin Man. Cue some OTT sword fencing as the Thin Man's cane turns into a sword, because of course it does. Alex fights him with a rake. Why in the hell is there a rake in a bloody alleyway? And note, it was Glover's idea for the third man to scream and snatch the girl's hair, as well as sniff it, because this guy's a fucking weirdo. Also note, according to behind the scenes, it's the girls actually doing all the wire through fighting, after three months of intensive training. After getting his ass kicks, kicked, rather, the thin man runs off, leading the girls to Knox, who is tied up to a chair, waiting to be rescued. Uh, hello, suspicious much? Also, I'm guessing the rats at Rockwell's feet is a nod to Willard, because the thin man just disappears into fucking fresh air. Or thin air, even. With Knox in the girl's custody, he tasks him to break into Red Star technology to see if Corwin stole his voice identification software. Dylan takes a shine to the handsome yet shy millionaire, Tech Wizard, and cut to a racetrack for reasons? And a ridiculous chase with Natalie in a star-spangled Formula 2 race car, as a thin one is in a red star one. Subtle. As Alex plants a bug on Corwin's suitcase or briefcase, Dylan flirts with his driver. I've got to love the thin man is an assassin, Formula 2 driver, martialist and fencing expert with a hair fetish. Hmm. Also... For that matter, Shy Geek Natalie is a martial arts and master of disguise expert, a expert hacker that can also handle a Formula 2 car. Eh. Thin Man drives off track, so Natalie gives chase straight into an empty bridge and they have a head-to-head -head chicken race, which the Thin Man swerves, then he ploughs into the waters below. Never mind the fact that the tires wouldn't work on the road, but moving on because this is Charles Angels. Back at Angels HQ and footage from the bug Alex planted on Corwin's briefcase, showing them the insides of his office. Handy that. Cue the girls are breaking down how to get into the unbreakable security, which includes getting a gelatin fingerprint reader, pass rather, a gelatin fingerprint reader, retinal scanners and head measuring into an airless, completely white clean room with cameras watching every single second and then a dual button press opening because the two had to be pressed at the exact same time onto a pressure sensitive room which if any pressure over 0.25 seconds happens the alarm goes off and the room seals shut. Uh, okay then. Eat your heart out Ethan bloody well hunt. Cut to the girls getting fingerprints from two of the directors who handily at the same time at a belly dancing club. Dylan steals the bottle of beer he's drinking from and Darkman's herself a full hand. Okay. Next, the girls dress in Swiss outfits to get director number two's eye print, which Bosley gets using a tuber, which is a camera and it somehow scans his eye. Again, Charles Angels. Finally, Alex dresses as the office manager from Hell and Skin Type black leather complete with a whip 
to quote whip them into shape, all scored by Barracuda by heart. Spot Mossy McCartney as a nervous office manager. Oh, and the other two angels are dressed for as dressed as men for reasons. Ah, but of course, all the computer programmers in this company are geeky horny men who are pipe pipered around by Alex because she's quote hot. So there's not one gay man or woman working in this fucking building then. Get in. With Alex taking away all the men, Natalie and Dylan break into the vault to steal Red Star's voice technology software. No matter the fact that Barrymore and Diaz are different heights, plus they only had one fingerprint, not five, because that hand she has is all the same index print. Kaden, sophisticated technology, my ass. Also, they only have one eye print, not the two pupils. Uh, their heads are much smaller than the other two men, but moving that fuck right on, because this is Charlie's Angels. And Natalie goes dressed all in white to backflip over the pressure pads to steal the program. I take that, 007. Although in saying that, the cameras are watching and she's wearing all white. She's also wearing a respirator because it's an airless room, but... Charles Angels. At lunch, the girls tell Knox they're into Red Star Files and they're having a look-see around. Until then, he should lay low. Plus, the girls will not give full access to Knox. Or indeed his hit woman, sidekick, Vivian, because that would be unethical of them, which is actually bloody well true. Plus it's also SV a bloody nudge. Cut to Dylan checking Knox out as she goes undercover. So undercover, in fact, she sleeps with him. Dylan notices a picture of a soldier. Um, when she asks Knox, he says it's his father alongside the man who had him killed. And note, Knox's hilltop. Home is McGee's dream house. It's a 365-degree, all-window, with no edges, house on top of a hill. I mean, Jesus Christ. And apparently this set was hundreds of thousands of dollars to make, and it's a fucking nightmare to light. Moving on. That night, at Pete and Natalie's first date, she takes them to the Soul Train, an all-black club, where Natalie takes into stage to shake her non-existing ass to Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Also, Alex and Jason are on a date. Meanwhile, Noxie's henchwoman Vivian hits on Bosley. And note, this Soul Train set costs $100,000 to build, yet Diaz just steals focus. <laughs> Ouch. You find out Alex and Jason's date isn't a date, but it's part of his movie, as Alex is shot up by machine gun fire. As Alex is in his trailer, busy cooking for lunch or dinner, uh, the trailer is sent onto Swiss cheese by machine gun fire, how video level left in two of it, as Natalie is attacked in a toilet by a thug after sleeping with Dylan. Knox shoots her out of a window uh, with a uh, revolver, as Vivian knocks out Bosley and steals his laptop with the Red Star technology on it. Thin Man kills Corbin in a sauner, and how the hell did these angels not see this one coming? It was fucking obvious. Knox was a bad guy, or Vivian was a bad guy for crying out loud. Natalie, however, kicks the thug's ass with relative ease. And by the way, what brand of heels do these girls wear? Because is it the same brand as Claire from Jurassic World? Because they can do backflips and fucking somersaults and fucking flying bicycle kicks and god knows what, yet the heels are perfectly fine. Dylan survives her shooting a 100-foot fall, somehow, straight into the house of two young boys playing Final Fantasy, I think it's 8 or 9, or hell it is, on a PlayStation 2. 
which by the way is a one player game, not a two player, as they're discussing whether or not they've seen boobs, so they have a final fantasy then. Alex now pissed as her Sufi has fell flat, by the way she's fine even though every single boat fucking missed her because she was stuck to the roof of the, the trailer, even though the boats were flying one before she jumped up, but moving on. The girls all return back to Angel HQ with Dylan riding a kid's dirt bike, back, dirt bike even, dressed in a Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling t-shirt. Just as Dylan arrives, the HQ explodes, sending the girls fly backwards into a bridal shop. As in the burned down ruins of the HQ, the girls piece it all together. That Knox needed Red Star's voice identification software and indeed Red Star's tracking satellites to track down Charlie so Knox can kill him because he thought Charlie killed his father, therefore they needed Bosley to answer the call because nobody can answer a mobile phone apparently. Cut to Bosley hilariously trying to escape, not really. Also him going nuts as he finally remembers his mini radio tooth, so he calls the angels for help because that would fucking well work, a shortwave radio works even though they're 200 miles up the bloody well coast. They magically hear him and bird call which leads Natalie to the coast. Cue a ridiculous rescue plan via sea, so more of the chad then, yay, god damn you McG. The angels arrive, get changed out of their wetsuits, your heart out bond, to take on Thin Man, Vivian and a dancing Nox. By the way, that scene should have been cut immediately, this dancing bit was ridiculous. I wonder if the writers of Iron Man 2 and took notes. Oh, also, did I mention there's a fuck ton of goons to be their asses to be kicked? The girls split up. Alex goes onto a roof to take on a thin man. Natalie gets Bosley out and also takes on Vivian as Dylan takes on Knox plus his heavies. Dylan is caught, but of course, and then duct taped to a chair. Natalie gets Bosley free just as Pete calls her, which Vivian hangs up on. This pisses her off as she kicks her ass because he's the only good man in Los Angeles. Oh, God. Meanwhile, Alex is caught hacking by the thin man. Dylan kicks ass after Noxie's goons steal her lucky lighter. As on a beach at 9am sharp, Charlie calls Bosley, which Knox answers, keeping him on the line so the voice identification uh, software can track him. So they now know where the hell he is. Alex kicks the thin man's ass, he doesn't die even though she kicks him off the fucking roof. And Natalie kicks Vivian's ass after she smashes her Nokia as she was sweet talking Pete. Dylan makes short work of Noxie's goons after she gets free from her chair. She then moonwalks out after kicking their asses. I gotta say, the wire foodness is very so so. And note, Dylan's fight scene was 15 takes in and Barrymore couldn't get the hang of this wire work. I'm guessing this was the first couple of weeks in this rolling. Dylan literally chain gangs the thin one and Vivian as she actually picks up a chain and whips them and wraps magic around her waist so they're knocked out. As Dylan flies past in a helicopter, the angels jump on under it and mess with the heat-seeking missile and the helicopter controls. Knox fires a missile. It swings back and takes him out. The girls dive into the water below. And shit, I've got to say, Knox blows up the fort he was using as a HQ. So Bosley drives up in a 4x4 to take the girls to Charlie's private beach. 
where they quiz him if he's actually saw Charlie, which of course he hasn't because nobody's seen Charlie. Anyway, the bad guys have lost, Angel's reign supreme, Charlie is safe, cocktails are drunk, as Charlie watches Angel's from afar as credits roll. So that was Charlie's Angel's, a way over the top action flick, which is disjointed at times due to having 18 ficking writers. Per CGI, a weak script, but the girls have so much fun, I'm going to give this thing a 5 out of 10. Just not as bug nuts as I thought it was. I guess that's full throttle then, which is next week. So come back as I look at that, and the rest of the month as I look at Wonder Woman and Tomb Raider 2017. Was it 18? When the fuck that one came out? Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me with suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other franchise podcasts of House, Alien, Resident Evil, Hellraiser and more. Also my solo podcasts of Army of Darkness, The Thing, The Stuff and many, many more. Now, check out my second podcast, the Schlocky Horror Podcast Show, where every two weeks, myself and my co-host look at all things B to Z, the very best of the very bad. And bye, remember, I watch these movies so you don't have to, you have to have some lovely angel cake.